believe that Thanksgiving is behind us, Christmas is in front of us, and we're in that time of season again. It seems like we just did this not too long ago, but this is, this is the Christmas season, and we're starting a new series today entitled First Noel. Now, Noel, lowercase, means Christmas song. So this, during this series, we're going to talk about the first Christmas song. We're, and the first Christmas songs were, were, were Mary's song in Luke chapter 1, Zachariah's song in Luke chapter 1, and the angels' songs in Luke chapter 2. And, and over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking, the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at those um, songs of Christmas. But something we want you to do as you read these so, because oftentimes we skip over Mary's song and Zachariah's song to get to the good stuff, but but there's so much, there's they're so rich, these songs that um, that that Mary sang and that Zachariah sang in response, their responses to God, their worship. And so, what we want you to do as you think about the coming of Messiah, about Emmanuel, God with us, and and what that means to you, what is your response? And so we want you to be writing a song in response to Emmanuel, God with us. And over the next several weeks, you're going to be hearing uh, individuals and families who, who are writing and have written songs of worship in response to Emmanuel, God with us. And I invite you to, as families, um, to do this and wrestle with it. And so this morning, though, I want to talk about how do we as Christians celebrate Christmas? You know, there's been this great debate over the last several years in the church, uh, um, broader, how do we celebrate Christmas, or, or should we even celebrate Christmas? And when we think, and you hear the arguments of, you know, well, Christmas has become way too commercialized. It's not about Jesus anymore. You know, we, we hear things like, you know, we're never commanded in Scripture to, to celebrate the birth of Christ. And Jesus, he probably wasn't even born on December 25th, and yet that's the day we celebrate his birthday. And we hear that it was a begin, it's had its beginnings during a pagan holiday. So how do you respond to that? Because the answer to all of those questions is yes. Yes, Christmas has become way too commercialized. Yes, we are never commanded in Scripture to celebrate the birth of Christ the way that we do. Yes, Christmas was began during a pagan holiday. So what do we do with you know, I believe early Christians, in their desire to not celebrate this pagan holiday, began to celebrate what was most important to them, and that was the birth of Christ. And so, so they said, you know what, while the rest of the world is, is celebrating this pagan holiday, we're going to celebrate what's most important to us, and that's, that's the coming of Christ. That's Emmanuel, the birth of Christ, God with us. So we're going to make this a time of, of joyous festivities and celebration in the worship 
to our God and King. That was, I believe, their, their motive behind this. So should we celebrate it? And if so, how? I believe the, 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 the thing you have to ask, we have to ask ourselves, first of all, is what is your definition of celebrating? What is your definition of celebrating Christmas? How will you celebrate it this year, and, and how have you celebrated it in the past? Because really, how you've celebrated it in the past determines your definition of what celebration is. And so if your definition of celebrating Christmas is, is going crazy beginning uh, Friday, on Black Friday, and going out there and, and doing all the crazy things that crazy people do on Black Friday, normal people stay at home. Well, maybe not. Chite people do. Most of you didn't get that. But if you're running from store to store looking for the perfect gift, if if you are um, involved in Black Friday frenzy and 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 it's about Santa Claus and Rudolph and 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 eating lots of food and 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 running around like the rest of the world. Building up large debt. Running up your credit card to celebrate this season. Then no, you shouldn't celebrate it. You really shouldn't. Because if that is your form of celebration, you should stop because that's really a form of idolatry. And it's really easy for us to get sucked into these kinds of Christmas traditions. And I wonder when God looks at the way we celebrate the coming of the Messiah, if he is pleased. If the way, I wonder if the way that I have celebrated in the past is coming. Is he pleased? You know, there's a story that, that kept running through my mind from my childhood. I remember when I was in second grade, I, I, our family moved from, from one school district to another. And, and so it's hard for a new kid to sort of fit into the new class. And, but, but when I got to my new school, uh, I found a friend. And we became best friends. And, and we played ball together. And I went to his house. And he came to my house. And, and we were best buddies. Well, one day, another new kid comes to town. Another new kid in school. I remember he sits with us, and he, he's a cousin to my best friend, and, and so they begin to chat it up, and, and I'm not involved in the conversation, and I'm sort of left out, and I'm feeling left out, and, and then when we, when we go out to recess, and I still remember where I was standing as we were walking out through the doors to the playground. They went this way and made it very clear that I wasn't invited to be a part of, of their time on the playground. And I remember standing there as a little boy feeling 
very rejected and I went my way all by myself and they went their way and I watched them and I was sad because I had just been rejected. And I wondered when, when God watches the way that we celebrate, is it us making friends with the world and going our own way when he's standing back and watching and thinking, you know, there was a time when you valued this relationship. There was a time when I was number one. And now you've found a new best friend. Have we become best friends with the world? Have we become so consumed in the way the world celebrates Christmas that God looks down and is displeased? You know, in Exodus, it says that that we should make no other idols for ourselves in any form. He says, you shall not bow down to them or worship them. Then it says, for the Lord your God is a jealous God. He desires, demands our best, our attention, our worship. And he will not allow the worship of another thing. He is possessive of our worship and our service, and they belong solely to him. And it is a sin for us to worship or to serve anything other than our God. We live in a society where, where money is our God and possessions are the chief objects of man's worship. And we, we, we see it raise its ugly head more during this time of year than we do any other time of year. When objects become our worship. And I believe oftentimes our celebration of Christmas, it can become idol worship. And when it becomes that, it is wrong and displeasing to God. So if that is the way that you celebrate Christmas, then you should stop. But what if we ask the question this way? What if we say, is there anything wrong with us remembering the incarnation of Christ? Is there anything wrong with us remembering that God became a man? Can we celebrate with our loved ones around the table, having, having Christmas meals together? Can we give gifts and still remember Christ? See, I believe that celebrating Christmas is not a question of, of right or wrong. Rather, it's a question of motive and, and how we do it and why we do it. 
In Romans 14, verse 5, it says, One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. But then it says, Each one should be fully convinced in their own mind as to whether they celebrate a festival or, or not celebrate. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord. For he gives thanks to God, and whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks. What Paul is saying here is, look, one man will abstain from meat and, and worship God and celebrate the fact that he abstains. One man will eat meat and celebrate because he has the freedom to eat that meat. Neither one is wrong. It's, based, it's a matter of their conviction. And I believe the celebration of Christmas is much the same way. It's not a matter of right or wrong. It's about your convictions and your motive in celebrating this season. You see, I believe, this is just me, I believe that, that God is pleased when we celebrate the birth of his son, the coming of Messiah. Now, while the New Testament doesn't require that we, we celebrate Christmas every year, I don't believe there's anything wrong with us entering a time of, of being joyful and celebrating His coming. And you know, Luke spends a lot of time telling us about the coming of the Messiah. Matthew talks about His coming. John says, in John 1, 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then in verse 14, he says, And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That, brothers and sisters, is good news. That is news worthy of our celebration and our worship. Because that is a staggering claim that Christianity makes is that Jesus of Nazareth was God-made man. That's an incredible truth that we celebrate. This second person of the Godhead became a man, became like us, took on human flesh without losing his deity. And so Jesus of Nazareth was, was fully divine and he was fully human. He was Emmanuel. He was God with us. And, and that is reason for us to celebrate. Because it is one of the most, the profoundest and most unfathomable things for us to consider that, that God became a man. So that we might have eternal life. The Word became flesh. Luke 2.11 says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. That is good news. God became a man. The divine son 
became a Jew. The Almighty appeared on earth as a helpless little baby. And he was helpless. He chose to put himself in this place where he couldn't feed himself. He couldn't change himself. He couldn't walk. He couldn't talk. He was dependent on a human being. You see, the manhood of the Son of God was a reality. And the more we think about that, the more I I reflect on and meditate on the fact that God became a man, the more staggering it really gets. And the fact that he did it for me demands my worship. You see, this season, I believe, should be a time for us, the body of Christ, to to reflect and to be thankful for, for what he's done. It's a time for us to be thankful that God sent his son to be our savior. It's a time for us to be thankful. A time for us to celebrate Emmanuel. This is a reverent time of reflection that should really lead us into a time of reverent Worship. Now, this this season shouldn't be about this frenzy of preparing food and and shopping and, and doing all of these things. This should be a time for us to reflect on Emmanuel, God with us, which should which should drive us to times of reverent worship. I love when the when the when the the shepherds They were told by the angels to go to Bethlehem to see the Christ child. And it says the shepherds returned after they had seen him. After they had been in his presence. It said the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. That should be our response when we come into the reality, come face to face with the reality that God became man. It should cause us to glorify and praise God. Not drive us to craziness. When the Magi saw the Messiah It says they went in the house and they saw the child with Mary. This is Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. And it says they fell down and they worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They rejoiced. They rejoiced. You know, like the shepherds and the magi, this is a season for remembering the coming of the Messiah. And it should inspire us. And as it inspires us to worship, I believe should also be a time for us as the church for us as individuals to do like the shepherds did and go and tell. 
This is a great time of year, although we are commanded to at all times be advancing the gospel, be making disciples of all nations. This is a time as we are thankful for what he has done for us, a time for us to be inspired to do what the shepherds did. In Luke chapter 2, verse 17 when they had seen him. They spread the word concerning what had been told of them about the child. You get that? They spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I love that, that little snippet of Scripture that, that, that they spread the word about him. They spread the word about what they had seen. They had just seen the Messiah. And as people listened to them and heard what, what they were telling and saw their excitement and, and everything that they read their body language, it says, they were amazed. And I wonder, is anybody ever amazed when I tell them the story of what Jesus has done, the story of the Messiah, and what he's done for me, and how he's impacted my life? Do I ever tell anyone about this incredible gift that I have received? He said, these are the things that the celebration of Christmas are about. It's a great opportunity, a great time of year for us, but not the only time of year, for us. Because this is a time of year, this is a season of the year that people tend to be more open to the gospel. Churches get fuller around Christmas time. On Christmas, on Christmas Sunday is usually when we have the most people in our churches because people are more open. They still want to hear. And we need to take this opportunity to tell. In verse 19 of Luke 2, it says, Mary treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. So what, what, I, what I want us to think about is, you know, Mary had no clue what all her son would experience. And she knew that she was giving birth to the Messiah. She knew that what she was experiencing was something more special than any person, any human being had ever experienced before. But she didn't realize everything that her son would experience for his people. You know, Mary didn't know, as the song says, that, that her baby boy would walk on water. Mary didn't know that her son would, would heal people. She didn't know he would preach to the masses. She didn't know that he would one day lay his 
life on the line, that one day he would give his body, that one day he would take a walk up a lonely hill and allow himself to be nailed to a cross so that she and the rest of humanity could receive forgiveness. She didn't realize that her son would be the sacrifice that the world had been looking for. She didn't realize all of that. And yet it says, Mary treasured these things and pondered them in our heart, in her hearts. And I want us to do that. I want us to be thinking this season about, about everything that Christ has done for you. About what it meant for him to come, taking time to, to, to ponder, to, to process, to meditate on everything that he has done. To to, to meditate on on the incredible miracle of of God becoming man. Because I believe that can change us. I believe that that it can change our our focus when it changes from, from material things to what Christ has done. It changes the way we celebrate. And the celebration becomes what, what, what it should be, and that is focused on Christ. And that should inspire us like it did the shepherds to go and tell. So this is a good time for us to be advancing the gospel. You know, we've, we've, we, we create opportunities for you here. And we still have several families out there that you can adopt. And you can impact. And you can tell them of the good news of Jesus. That yes, I come bearing these gifts, but but I have a gift. I have something that is far greater than anything that I can give you. You know, we're going Christmas caroling up at, Whisper, up at the Whispering Hills community up on Route 30. You know, we're doing a prayer walk next week and, and Christmas caroling. It's a great opportunity for you to go and tell in a very non-threatening way. What about your neighbor? What about your classmates? What about your coworkers? It's a great time for us to be sharing with the people that are in our sphere of influence the good news of Jesus Christ. The fact that, that Emmanuel, God with us, is the reason that we celebrate. And, and what if our celebration of Christmas looks a lot different than the world's celebration of Christmas? What if we're not going crazy, running after this and running after that and, and, and being all stressed out and freaked out because we don't have the perfect gift and we say, you know what, I received the perfect gift. What if we, what if we scale down our giving of gifts And we ratchet up our desire to bless those that are less fortunate than us. Those who don't yet know Christ. See, I I hope that during this season, we will take the opportunity to celebrate 
this in such a way that it announces his coming. We can do that with our traditions. I'm not saying we have to throw out everything that we've always done, but I believe that that we need to, to rethink our celebration. Bring him back into focus. Bring him back into the center of our celebrations. And remember how incredible the incarnation was and how you've been impacted by it. So let's bring it back down. Let's simplify Let's make it what it's supposed to be. Let's make him number one. Father God, this morning I pray for this body of believers, for all of us here that that we um, we would make you the center of this uh, next month. Lord, all of the year, but, but Lord, for this next month, I pray, uh, I, I pray that we wouldn't get caught up in, in the, the, the busyness of this season. Lord, that we would rethink the way that we were going to buy gifts. Lord, I pray that we would rethink the way that we were, we were going to do things and we would, we would turn our faces to you recognize the incredible gift of the Messiah. And we would allow that to change us, to change the way we celebrate, to change the way we remember. Lord, we would lay down our worldly ways of doing things Father, we would magnify your name. And so, Lord, I just I, I pray that you would, you would give a peace to, to us this morning of simplifying. Take away the worry of buying things. Father, I pray just against a spirit of busyness and, and, um, and materialism. And I pray that there would be a reverent spirit of, of worship that comes upon us. Lord, a time for us to, to not only... Um, bask in the beauty of your coming. But Lord, you would give us a burden to go and to tell the good news by the way we talk, Lord, by the way we um, help those less fortunate than us. But Father, that in everything we do, we would be intentional about the way we celebrate this season.
It's in Christ's precious name that we pray this morning. Amen. All right, this afternoon, um, we're going to leave the TVs turned off, and we're going to start our Christmas songs. All right, have a wonderful week.